What's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua. And officially welcome you guys out to the Barely Mentioned Podcast, a podcast designed to help all men and the women that desire to get to know them. And today we're going to be talking about are you growing? How to measure growth. This message, uh, this discussion, this podcast is open uh, for the women, but it's mostly going to be specific towards men. But I think both parties can really benefit from these points. And I have a lot of points to give you guys and gals on how to grow. What's up, Jaretta? What's going on? So let me guys know where you're watching from. Give you guys about 30 seconds. Uh, for those who's coming into the live, let me know where you guys are watching from. What's up, Tracy? I um, hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. What's up, Allison? What's up, uh, Adriana? What's up, uh, Tracy? What's up, everybody? Connecticut's in the building. Hope everyone's doing exceptionally well. Here. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Hope you guys enjoyed the family, enjoy some time off work, hopefully. And, um, this podcast design, man, to really help you guys really examine. What's going on, George? What's up, Crystal? Hope everybody's doing exceptionally well. For those who are brand new to my channel, I want to welcome you guys out to the Coach Josh Unplugged channel. Um, the community that we have here are called the Unpluggers. Our goal is to unplug from the world and plug into God and to plug into our purpose. So if you're watching this for the first time, you haven't subscribed, subscribe, hit the bell. Also, um, if you're watching this later or listen later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or even on YouTube, I thank you guys so much for listening. What's going on, Maryland, Connecticut, Brooklyn in the building? Let me get these notifications off my screen. All right. Oh, you, happy birthday, Allison. What's going on, Amanda? What's up, Adrian? Happy belated birthday. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all saying happy birthday to each other. But let's get right into it. And for those who have been rocking with us for some time, What's up, Montan, Mouton? What's going on, California, St. Lucia? Thank you all so much for joining. We've been in Galatians chapter 6 for some time uh, for the fellas and the ladies that love them. And today we're going to focus on uh, chapter 6, verse 4. But let me read uh, verses 1 through 4, <clears throat> and we'll get ourselves on and going forward. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual shall restore him in a spirit of gentleness, right? Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Verse two, bear one of those burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Let's stop there and let's get to some points. Now, why is it hard for us to grow? Or what is the problem when it comes to growth? I think the reason why many of us are not growing well in in, in the way we should is because of comparisons. The reason why we're not growing is because we're comparing our life or our growth to someone else. But life is meant to be compared to ourselves. Uh, today's progress should be the replica of yesterday's uh, finished, right? <clears throat> so yesterday's finished work should motivate me to go forward today. That the only person I'm in competition with is myself. The only person I should be in competition with is who I was yesterday. And so many people are comparing themselves to other people saying, well, I don't necessarily have to grow because everyone around me is below me. Or I'm only growing solely for the fact for the people who are above me. But the whole purpose of life is to compare our lives vertically and internally. That if I compare my life vertically, I always have room to grow. If I compare my life internally, I always have room to improve. So when I compare my life internally and I realize I got a lot of work to do, it doesn't matter where I am in this Christian walk. It doesn't matter how much revelation that I spew out. It doesn't matter how much wisdom I hold. I still have millions of miles to grow. Therefore, I have no time <clears throat> to focus on what everybody else is doing 
I need to take self-inventory of what do I have in my life? What do I need to bring in it to ensure that I grow? A lot of people right now have plateaued. They have no measurements of growth. They have no systems in place to ensure or to give them the analytics that they need about themselves to say, you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. Am I even growing? When was the last time that you grew? We're not talking about in stature. We're talking about in character. When was the last time you grew in habit? When was the last time you grew as a person? And the reason why many of us are not where we need to be in the growth category is because we are too busy comparing ourselves externally than internally and vertically. Now, let's get to some points. As you can see, my notes are all over the place. And I don't have no structure to these. This is what I got yesterday while I was in service uh, for the fellas and the women that desire to get to know them. So bear with me as I navigate these points because I have a lot of uh, uh, key points that we need to go over. First, let's break down this text that will kind of give us a foundation for us to build all these points. So today we're going to be talking about uh, what you need to examine daily. I also got an acronym uh, for why you shouldn't compare yourself. I got a points on how to grow. And also got points on uh, how to measure your growth. So we have uh, one acronym, two acronyms, three acronyms, four acronyms. Let's get to the text. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a, had a big bowl of cereal. I had to hurry up and eat. And I haven't really quite cleared my throat. But let's get right to verse four. It says, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. That's very important, Right. It is very important for us to understand what this text means. Let's break it down uh, section by section. Verse four, it says, but let each one, each one means individual, that God made us individuals. He made us originals. Life was not mean, was not meant for us um, to be built off the work of another. Our life wasn't meant to be glorified by the grind of another. Life was meant for us to grow in light of the glory of God and the, and the Holy Ghost work in our own lives. Each and every one of us have our own work. I don't have time to worry about the work that God is doing in your life or the work you are doing through your life. I have to worry about what chapter of Galatians? Galatians chapter six, uh, verse four. I don't have time to worry about um, what God is working on in your life or what you're working on in your life. I have to worry about my specific work. The more we focus on our specific work, the more we are able to grow. Growth plateaus when we don't see the work within ourselves or the work that God wants to through, do, do through us then we lose sight of measuring, am I a better person than I was yesterday? As a husband, I never want to plateau. As a man, I never want to plateau. As a, as a, as a holder of the gospel truths, I never want to plateau. I always want to grow. I always want to make sure what ways, in what ways can I improve? It, there's always room to improve, but you cannot improve without inspection. You have to inspect your life in order to improve. I have to always be in self-examining mode. I have to always be focused on what is my individual work. It says each, but let each one test his own work. See, the reason why we have to test our work is to test the motives behind the work, to test the agenda behind the work, to test the spirit behind the work. I have to test my own work to make sure it's authentic. I have to test my own work to make sure, am I doing this ministry for me or for God? Am I doing this thing for me or my marriage? Am I doing this thing for me or for the overall uh, mission of my ministry? Am I doing this for me? 
Selfish work is work that's not worth anything. We have to always look at ourselves and say, man, am I selfish or selfless? Am I testing my work? Why am I even here? What am I even doing with what I have? Am I really this person's friend or am I only friendly to get what I want out of my life? Everything boils down to motives. People may be able to see your movement, but God see the motives behind your moves. So your moves may trick millions, but your moves cannot trick, your motives cannot trick God. God sees the reason why you do everything. So as I, as an individual, see my specific work, I now have to test that work to make sure am I growing in pride or am I growing in purity? Am I growing in maturity or am I am I growing in money management, growing in all these other things, but my character sucks? You see what I'm saying? I have to test <clears throat> my work. He says, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Now, that verse may be tricky because we look at the word boast. See, if I get so caught up on what you're doing in your life, you see what I'm saying? If I get so caught up on what you're doing in your life and you become my motivation or money becomes my motivation and other things become my motivation, I haven't tested my motives. Then when stuff starts to happen, I will begin to boast in who I knew, boast in what I have versus in boasting in God's work in me. What this text is trying to let us know is, is that when I test my own work, the work that God is doing in me and the work that God is doing through me, I will now be able to say that God gets all the glory and what I'm doing in my life. I can boast in the fact that God did something miraculous in my life. And I was talking to my wife the other day about this. I was like, yo. The mindset that God has given me, the renewal process that God has done to my mind, I am in astonished by. Like the Josh just a year ago or Josh five years ago would not even have these different, uh, wouldn't have this type of mindset right now. And I boasted in God's supernatural behind the scenes work on my mindset. I'm like, I'm not thinking like I used to. That's why the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want transformation to happen in your life, you have to have transformation in your thinking. And you, in order to have transformation in your thinking, you have to allow the work of God in your mind to change your perspectives. So that when I boast, I'm boasting the fact that, yo, nobody can get glory for this. Nobody can take this from me because God worked this out in my life. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. That I don't that nobody can take credit for what God is doing in my life. Now, let's break down some points. How to test yourself in comparison, testing yourself. Test yourself with yourself is what I want to say. In order for me to grow, I have to test myself and who I was yesterday. If I look back at how I did yesterday, it will help me walk more wisely today. And if I walk, walk more wisely today, I will have more of a fruitful tomorrow. But when I do not test myself, I'm not asking these questions. These are the questions you have to ask yourself when testing yourself. <clears throat> Number one, was it effective? Was what I did effective today? With what I did with this person, was it effective? Effectiveness means efficiency. Effectiveness means that it actually accomplished what it was designed to accomplish. Are you effective? Are you efficient? It is, it is in everything that you do, was it effective in the in the fruit 
of God getting the glory. Everything you do should be in God with God in mind and with glory given to God. Listen, most of the things you do should be quiet. Anything you vocalize with the intent of being seen, that's the only rewards you have. I posted a status on Facebook, do good quietly or quietly do good. Like <clears throat> everything boils down to, was I effective as a husband today? I never think about who I want to be tomorrow. I never think about tomorrow. The Bible says don't even boast about tomorrow and don't even have anxiety about tomorrow. My wife and I, we have a Bible study every Sunday with each other, now Saturday morning with each other. And we talked about um, boasting and anxiety. The Bible says don't be anxious about tomorrow and don't boast in tomorrow. Those two things are distractions from being productive today. When I'm anxious about tomorrow, I lose sight today. When I boast in tomorrow, I lose sight in today. Oh, we're going here tomorrow. We're doing this tomorrow. Oh, I got this opportunity tomorrow. We're boasting in something that hasn't even came into existence yet, or we're anxious about tomorrow. Those two things are two big distractions that keeps you from growing growing today. Today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's one of my favorite scriptures in my life now, because like a video game, like every day is uniquely made. Every level in a game is uniquely made. And within every level of a game, there are hidden, ch hidden chests, hidden guns, hidden uh, uh, um, um, needs, uh, hidden health packs, right? But you gotta, you gotta know the, 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 the terrain to be able to find those different treasures. And every day is made with unique treasures, with unique health packs, with unique tools for you to, to get the fruit of that day. Every day has a purpose. That's why you can't go into every day routine-based. You have to go in each day relationship-founded. Because if I'm founded relationally with God, then I, my routines would not allow, would not my routines would not be a hindrance in my obedience to God. Because in obeying God in the day that he has made, Made, I will begin to find the uniqueness that he has within that day. And I will be able to see, wow, God, this day you made uniquely for me. I'm glad that I rejoice that I have a new day and that I was glad in it. Meaning, wow, I was glad. I was glad. I was joyful because I began to see the unique things that God placed in this day and it became gladness to my soul. You got to say, because you can't be effective if you boasting and anxious about tomorrow. Everything you do, you got to say, was it effective? Every man has to say, was I effective at being a man today, wherever I was a man? Was I effective today as a man on my job? Was I effective today as a man in my house? Was I effective today as a man when it comes to anywhere I was at? <clears throat> what am I, what was I an effective husband today? Was I have a was I an effective father today? Effectiveness. Did I get through to my daughter? Did I get through to my son? <clears throat> Did I get through to my nieces and nephew? Did I get through to my wife? Was I effective? That's how you measure growth. Because if you don't know what effectiveness is, you won't be you have more defects than things being affected. See, you should be the cause for the spawns of effects. As a man, I got to be the cause. I'm the leader. The cause of God in my life leads me to be the proper male cause, the man cause in every aspect of my life that produce the effects in my wife, that produce the effects in my family, that produce effects of, of, of accurate self-esteem, uh, self-worth, joy, 
You know what I'm saying? A better understanding of what God, of who God is. I have, if I don't measure my effectiveness, if I don't take an account, was it effective? Was I an effective husband today? Okay. If I wasn't, okay, let me learn from this and become more effective today. Every day, <clears throat> anytime my wife comes to me about a concern, anytime my wife has something to say about anything, I take inventory. Okay. I'm making changes. It doesn't matter if it's my fault or her fault. I don't care if it was all her fault. I'm changing. Because if I change my calls in this marriage, I can change the effects in my marriage. Fellas, if you can change and become the right cause wherever you are, you would then begin to produce the right effects wherever you are. I am the cause. Wherever my foot tread, I have authority. Wherever I am, I am who I am because of Christ. I am the cause. See, if you don't like the effects of your life, change who you are. Change the causes in your life. If you don't have a cause, if you don't have a mission, you won't be able to be the cause that spawns the effects wherever you are in life. Was this effective? Was I effective today as a man? Every day before you close your eyes to go to bed, you got to say, how was my day today? Was I effective? Okay, I didn't do too good today. Let me tighten up my systems. Let me make some adjustments so I can become more effective. Next question, was this meaningful? Was this full of meaning? How you measure growth, was that meaningful? Was my heart really present or was I just going through the motions? Did I, do I really care about my wife's feelings or am I just doing this just so I can have peace for myself? Selfish peace is not peace. Don't do things just so that you can have. Do things so that everyone else can have and in the process you'll have, right? <clears throat> I can't go in my life, well, I'm only doing this so that my wife can leave me alone. I'm only doing this so the kids can, no, no, no. I have to make every moment meaningful. When people come in my presence, they'll never forget me. I make sure that's the part of my repertoire. When you come in my presence, I'm unforgettable. Whole Foods, I'm unforgettable. Unforgettable. Food line, I'm unforgettable. Aldi's, I'm unforgettable. Church, I'm unforgettable. In home, I'm unforgettable. Unforgettable. Around my family, unforgettable. You can't forget me because everything I do, if you in, if no matter every moment is meaningful, every millisecond of this message, I make sure it's meaningful because I know there's people who watch who want to understand God better. I got to say, was this video meaningful? Was, 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 was this, um, I mean, engagement meaningful? Was this text meaningful? Is everything that I do meaningful? Because if it means something to them, then it, then it means the world to me. You got to make sure. You're so welcome, Pink October. You got to make sure. Is every moment of my life meaningful? Because how can you measure growth if you don't see the, the, the glow in people's lives when you're around? How can you measure growth if you're not present in every moment to grow? Next question. Was this truly helpful? <clears throat> Was this truly helpful? Helpful means beneficial. <laughs> the Bible says you got to watch, you got to say things that are fit the occasion. You just can't be talking like, is this helpful? Like right now, not all advice at all advice at all times are not always helpful. I got to know when to be quiet. I got to know when to speak. In order to measure growth, I got to know people skills. Uh, I can't say this around this person. 
this person a little bit more sensitive, this person a little bit more whatever. I can't really just come at them like this. You got to become all things to all men that win. So that's my life verse. That's my one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But uh, Paul said, I became all things to all men that I might win some. That doesn't mean you're fake. That just knows you know how to maneuver through society. You know how to maneuver through people. White people love me. Black people love me. Asian people love me. It don't matter where I go. Not everybody likes me. Not everybody agrees with me, but for the most part, wherever I am, people know this guy is genuine and he's a student of people. Man, if you want to be successful where you are, you got to be a student of people. You got to listen. Your wife is different. Your kids are different. Your family is different. And right now, <clears throat> how I handle my each of my sisters and my brothers differently. How I handle my nieces and nephews are differently. How I handle my wife is differently. How I handle my mom and her mom is different. How I handle her sister are uniquely the same. The, 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 um, the substratum of my engagement with them are the same. But how I talk to them, how I listen to them, how I read their body language is all different because I want to be helpful. What I may say to one or, or how I say one thing to one person may be different in how I say it to another person. I'm saying the same thing, but differently because I want to make sure that what was spoken was helpful. Also, in order to measure growth <clears throat> or to test what you do and what you say, did I acknowledge God in this and is God going to get the glory from this? It's very key. Did I acknowledge God in this? People get into relationships and even talk to God about it. People starting jobs and even talk to God about it. People doing all these different things and they ain't had a conversation with God about it. And you wonder why God ain't fixing your situation. God is only required to do maintenance on his missions. Hear me? God is only required to do maintenance on his mission. Now, he'll he'll help you. He'll help you get back in line, but he is only going to help you do maintenance on his mission. So your marriage, he'll be able to support you with love and grace and mercy, whatever. But when it comes down to, hey, hey, that person's heart is hardened towards me. I can only do but so much to help you. You see what I'm saying? I got to acknowledge God in all of my ways, not all your ways to the bathroom, all your ways and brushing your teeth. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about decisions, major and minor decisions that con that contributes to purpose. Did I, acknowledge, did I acknowledge God in this today? Or is this going to get God glory? That's what we have to do. We have to do honest analysis from real humility. This is a point I put, honest analysis. The worst person to lie to is yourself. You have to do an honest assessment, honest analysis on yourself and saying, yo, man, <clears throat> am I who I think I am? Sometimes we could think of ourselves so high that at face value, like if, if there was an invisible price tag on your a value tag, I want to say price tag, a value tag on you, how valuable are you? How valuable are you to God? How valuable are you to your workplace? How valuable are you to your family? How valuable are you to yourself? If there is no, see, people <clears throat> have a valuable thought about themselves, but in the marketplace, they have no value. You see what I'm saying? See, people, why nobody want, no, you see, why nobody want to come use you? Why nobody want to come deal with you? Why no? Why is God ain't even coming around to, to see if you like what's your value in the marketplace? We're not talking about value to God because you there's no you priceless to God. We're talking about uh, what's are you valuable to an assignment? Are you valuable to the to the actual operations and the advancement of his kingdom? Are you valuable? 
He loves all of us equally, but all of us are not valuably equal. You see what I'm saying? Like, like he says, the best ability that I, that I always tell people is availability, right? So we have to say, am I really valuable to this marriage? Am I really valuable to this company? Because when it's, listen, when a company has to lay off people, they lay off those who are not as valuable. But I bet you nine times out of 10, they're keeping the people who are valuable. They're not going to lay off that valuable janitor. They're not going to lay off that valuable exec. It don't matter if you're a janitor or an executive in a company. They're going to be like, no matter what, this building still needs to be clean. <clears throat> so no matter where you are, you got to be valuable because when it's time for people to cut people off, they can't cut off value. You see what I'm saying? I got to do an honest analysis, an honest assessment and say, yo, am I really good at what I do? Am I really humble? You got to do it with real humility. And it's going to hurt when you look at yourself and be like, I'm really not that dope. <clears throat> See, every time I do something, I never think about how good they think they say that I am or how bad that I say I am. I just care about I did this for God's glory. But I'm also saying, how can I get better? How can I become more valuable? How can now, value doesn't mean, see, if I become value, I receive value. When you become valuable, you, you receive value. <clears throat> so every day I'm asking myself, how can I become more valuable to my wife? The more valuable I am to my wife, the more value I receive. How can I become more valuable to my, I'm going to each level. First off, let's start with God. How can I become more valuable to God? Study to show myself approved. Knowing how to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, 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 having a humble heart. Giving him glory. That's how I become more valuable to God. And my work ethic. God knows, God knows when, with his son, with, with Joshua, he knows if I want something done, I'm coming to Joshua. That's the type of person you want to be as a man and as a woman. When God looks at you, he doesn't be like, oh, no, I love her, but man, I love him. But I want God to be like, I know this is big, Josh. I know. I know, Josh. I know you just did this other big thing for me, but you're so valuable to me. Can you do this for me again? God does it with my books. I can't I can't go a season without writing. He's like, God, God's like, yo, thank you for the sixth book. That was good, right? But come on, I need number seven because I know you'll get it done, Josh. I need here's number eight, because I know you'll get it done, Josh. Here's number nine, because I know you'll get it done, Josh, because you're valuable. <clears throat> Are you a valuable asset to God? Right? Now, for those who are married, am I a valuable asset to my wife? Fellas, are you a valuable asset to your wife? Your value, the two, two, the two areas that deserves first fruits value, first fruits value is God and spouse, God and family. One thing God did in my life in the orchestrating of my life through the mind, mental renewal that he initiated in my heart and in my life was Ministry is now number five on my list, yo. Ministry used to be tied for number one back five years ago. <clears throat> back in the day, ministry was life. Ministry was what I was what I was here to do. But now, oh man, God, my wife, my family, my local church, then my ministry, right? Everything else above that gets first fruit value, right? 
Now, God may give me liberty um, to because if I take care of those things, I'll have the energy to take care of the other things. If I take care of God, right? If I take care of my family, if I take care of, of, of my local church and, and that community, my church family, God, God would then be able to birth things in the back end that benefits us, me and God, that benefits my family financially, that benefits my local church and, and the millennials and the college students, and then it benefits everything else. Everything else is having the proper mindset that births out of honest analysis. Am I really as dope as I think I am? Or am I better than who I am? Because some people are at the low category. They're like, Josh, man, I suck, bro. I suck. No, 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 no. There's a place that God wants to take you of optimal use from spiritual maturity. All you need is some assistance. Let's keep going. Um, all right. Those who have the right mindset are able. <clears throat> um, because when we test ourselves with vertically and internally, we're now we then we are truly able to see God's work in our lives. We are then able to send God all the glory, and then we are truly able to steward the work of God in our lives. Those two, those three points are key. When I test myself, when I focus on my unique work, when I'm not focused on everybody else and I'm working on growing for the glory of God, the growth of his kingdom and the growth of my family, <clears throat> right? I'm then able to say, wow, I can actually see God's work in my life. When you see God's work in your life, you don't have too much time to worry because you see what he's doing. You know you love God. You know you're called according to his purpose. So if you have those two fundamental uh, pillars fixed in your life, you know things are working together for your good. People love to sing the song. Uh, they love that phrase, all things work together to for good, that things are working in my favor. But the text continues to read, for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. If you are called according to his purpose and you are flooded and you flowing in his purpose and not his and not your own personal plans and you love God genuinely, things always work together, right? So when we understand that, we will begin to say, now I'm able to see what God is doing here. So when that woman walks out on you, when that man walks out on you, when things begin to happen, okay, it stings, it hurts, but I see the workings. I haven't seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I know he's never brokenhearted. You know the word in your heart. So you now able to say, oh, okay, <clears throat> because if it was meant for me, it won't, it wouldn't leave me. Right. If it, if God wanted me to have this, it would be here right now. And if it's not here, that doesn't it doesn't mean he doesn't want me to have it. He just doesn't want me to have it yet. And when you understand that, you will begin to see, oh, man, things are working in my favor. Then when you begin to see God's work in your life, then you will know. I know for a fact when things do work out in my life, I send that glory to God. Because he was the one working in me. See what I'm saying? I know I measured my growth. I grew in this area. 
I can't get the glory for this wisdom that God gave me when at 16, 17 years old, I asked God to give me double the wisdom of Solomon. When I told God I want to be the wisest person in my generation, I can't get glory for that. You know what God made sure didn't happen for me to get the glory for that? He said, man, I ain't going to have you graduate college. I'm not going to have you have no accolades, no accomplishments that would even make people think you got what you have. I'm not even going to let you be around people that can get the glory for who you have. You ask me for wisdom. I'm going to make sure that no matter what you do in life, people's going to be in awe in the fact that you have nothing in your past that as a reference point to validate your wisdom, that the only reason why you have this wisdom in your life is because of me. So when I give, when these messages come through me and you guys talking about this changed my life, I always give God the glory. I got to answer Adriana. She's one of my clients. I got to ask her a question. Is it possible God will test you by bringing someone to you that you already cut out that you knew was no. Once once that person is no good, Adriana, once that person is no good, God doesn't use those goods. You see what I'm saying? Is it possible God will test you by now? Uh, test is a good word. Test, test, test. I don't think God will test you with something where he knows you will fail. Right. He'll test you in things that will he will test you with things that will help you prevail. Right. Um, usually the enemy uses things that are cut off or would that be more the enemy? Yeah, that's more the enemy wanting to distract you. <clears throat> but how do you cut them out? You cut them out. It's different levels of cutting people out. You first off, there's certain people that you that may, that may be up under the same roof as you. You can't cut them out of your living space, but you can cut them out of your mental space, right? So you got to say, okay, these people's lifestyles don't match their advice. Their advice is coming from a hurt place. I'm cutting them off from affecting my mind, affecting my mental understanding about things, right? That's very key and cutting them out mentally. Now, people that don't live in your under your roof that ain't a family or a parent or a brother or a sibling you cut them off by by counting the cost or counting uh, or by um um taking the time to say pros and cons like why should i keep this person why should i cut them out that's what you do why should i keep them why should i cut them out whichever list is greater and not superficial you cut the person out. You cut them off. There's certain people that you cut off completely. These are narcissistic, psychopaths, sociopaths. These are people <clears throat> who are using you. You cut them off. You cut them off because they ain't trying to help you. Now, the people you lifting the rope to are people who are family, friends that may just be going through a weird season, people who are just going through a phase. You lifting the rope. Because they're not mature enough. Because if you if you too close to them, they pull you. But if you lifting the rope, hey, I'm still here. But I, I I'm still connected to you. I ain't cut you off. But there's some distance. And God through the Holy Spirit will tell you lifting the rope or bring closer. He'll be like, okay, now it's time to bring them closer. Now, now it's time to now it's time for you to bring yourself closer because I got them in a place that are now benefit the family, benefit the relationship. But when it comes to like. Uh, uh, y'all tripping, tripping. <clears throat> I still love you, but I got to lift in the rope because now if I, if I stay too close, you'll be tugging me here. You'll be tugging me there. You'll have me on these emotional strings. Oh, got me all up at night. Nah, I love you. And this, you may be upset about this, but Hey, I'm here when you need me. And there's certain people you lift in the rope. And then all of a sudden you, Oh, they falling. Now you're able to say, nah, I got you. <clears throat> I wasn't that far. I was far. 
but I, you ain't, I ain't gonna let you fall off the cliff. There are certain people you need to cut off and let them fall off the cliff. All right. And um, yeah, you gotta cut. You gotta cut. Uh, uh, it's more of a distraction, Adriana. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's more of a distraction. <clears throat> God ain't gonna use anything that He cut off as scraps to add to your life. You're so welcome. Let's keep going. Now, when I can see God's work in my life, because I test my life more, not micromanaging, but I test my life moment by moment, day by day. Uh, I've sent a message through Unplug about coaching, but haven't received a response. When did you send it? Now send it to me again, because I got I was on vacation last week and I got a ton of emails to get back to. So email me again and I'll get to you for sure. I then went through a lot of emails yesterday and I got to go through some more emails today. That's why I'm like, if y'all want one-on-one coaching, get in. I got about at least 10 extra people that sent me emails during the 4th of July weekend. And um, I have a lot of people that reoccur that, that kind of comes in from the other sessions. So Melina D, hit me up. Hit me up again. And I, I think if I, you might be getting to email me from soon. Uh, you might be getting to email me, an uh, email from me soon. It could just be because I sent I did I sent a lot of emails last night, but I didn't want to send them from tonight, so I did automatic sends. Okay, but if you don't get one from me, send it to me again. It might have got lost in the emails. Now let's keep going. <clears throat> when I see God's work in my life, when things do work out in my life, I send Him the glory. Now, when I begin to see things clear, now I begin to steward the God's work going forward. Now I know, oh God, you work it. Oh, the seasons change. Let me steward my life a little bit better now. Like back in the day when I did ministry, I was just so caught up on growth and just being successful that I wasn't growing myself. You see what I'm saying? Now I'm just stewarding the internal growth. I was stewarding the external growth, <clears throat> but was not focusing on internal growth. But one thing I learned now, if I just steward who I am and grow, and measure my growth, everything else around me grows. Do you understand that? My husband is so hot-tempered, he threw a bagel in my direction. How do I cut him off? Woo! Oh, man. He threw a bagel at you? Let me stop. This ain't time for jokes. My husband is a hot-tempered, he threw a bagel. What you got to do here? My name's your pastor. You see what I'm saying? This is just what I would do in a situation. I believe in separation, not divorce. I believe in until you get your mind together, I'm going to go mind my business somewhere else. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to still pray for you. I'm still going to be there for you. What I would do is if you got a good, solid pastor where you are, I would go talk to your pastor and ask your husband, will he want to go to counseling? Will he want to go get talked to? If he doesn't want counseling, I think you should ask someone uh, who's a seasoned vet, a pastor, say, what should I do? And what does separation look like for your safety? If he's hot tempered and aggressive, you shouldn't be in the house. You shouldn't be in the house because he don't deserve your. He doesn't deserve um, you in the house. Now you also have to ask yourself. Well, there's nothing a woman can do that should make a man throw or hit. So I'm not going to even go there. A man who throws or hits is a man that lacks self control. That that a woman can be nasty. Don't get me wrong. There's some women that are nasty out there, but a man should. The first thing a man should do when it comes to a nasty woman is flight, not fight, because you'll lose that battle every time. Flight. Get out the way and leave that woman alone. Now, uh, um, um, assess where he's at. What's going on in his life. And, and ask him if he wants counseling. Let's go to our pastor. Let's talk about this. If you don't have a pastor. Let's talk. Get some therapy or whatever. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, see if he needs some things to unpack. If he doesn't want to do that, um, 
I don't like giving counsel like this because I believe in pastoral ministry. I believe in people that are connected to you that knows y'all full story. But if it was me and I was a woman, I'd be like, you know what? One of us got to leave this house. Okay. Because you throw another bagel at me and ain't no cinnamon bagel. Because at least if you throw a bagel at me, if it's a cinnamon raisin bagel, I'll eat that bagel. But if you throw something else at me, especially if it ain't a cinnamon raisin bagel, it might get ugly in here. All right. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Talk to your pastor if you have one. Because I believe in the pastoral ministry, people who are connected to you, who know everything and to help you navigate that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I, jokes. Be, jokes be coming to my mind. I'd be like, is this permissible? Is this beneficial? Is this helpful? Is would this be effective? Will this be meaningful? <laughs> Did I acknowledge God in this? You see what I'm saying? All right. <clears throat> let's keep going. Now, which acronym should I start with first? I got uh, what you need to examine. You need to examine. Of what you need to examine daily, why you shouldn't make comparisons, how to grow, and how to measure growth. What we'll start with is why you shouldn't compare. <clears throat> Let's start there. Why you should not compare yourself to other people. C-O-M-P-A-R-E. Why, why you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone else. Number one, C, we're created differently. I can't compare myself to you. You shouldn't compare yourself to me because we're created differently. The Bible says he made us fearfully and wonderfully made, right? What happens is I have to know for a fact that God created me with a unique wonder that nobody else has. Now, we may have similar gifts, similar talents, but different wonder, different awe, different um, different uh, ways and different angles and different perspectives and different whatever. When you understand that, you're not going to, I can't compare myself to you. I can't compare my because I'm creatively different. You got to understand you're creatively different. It's nothing, it's nothing wrong with admiring people and learning disciplinary, uh, disciplined practices from somebody else to contribute to your own unique creativity. That's right. Everyone has a different path. I'm created differently. So if I know that I'm created differently, I won't compare myself to you. You won't compare yourself to me because people want to be as creative as somebody else and they lose sight on how God wants to use them creatively. Yes, we are all markers in a marker box, but we're all different colors. So you be green, you be purple, I'll be yellow. We be our own colors so that we can contribute to coloring this picture. Why you shouldn't compare yourself? Oh, we obey differently. We obey differently. You can't compare yourself to someone that actually follows the things of God, but you don't want to follow the things of God. Nor should you compare yourself to somebody who's not obeying God. You got to say, as far as me and my life, as far as me and my house, we're going to obey God. You can't compare yourself to that person if you're not willing to put in the spiritual discipline or the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical work ethic. The, the obedience of God's word, the obedience of God's uh, scriptures. You people can't get mad if God comes through from somebody who does it the right way. You're right. It's dangerous. Listen, that's why I can't compare my life to anybody else, because I got to ask, my, am I willing to put the same obedient work in as that person? Am I willing to really study to show myself approved? Am I really willing to write divide the word of truth? Listen, that's why I can't. I don't like watching other preachers. because I don't know what they really do. I know for me, I'm going to obey God, not, not differently, but originally. Because you can't compare it to everybody because not everybody, not everybody's obeying God. And then when you really investigate why they got what they got, you shocked that people got these things devilishly 
And the devil knows how to bless quick. The devil blesses quicker than God. He knows. Listen, if I if I bless you first, <clears throat> you ain't even gonna seek God first. Why you shouldn't compare yourself with other people? We're motivated differently. We're motivated differently. Like, 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 like people who grew up with a lot got a different motivation than people who grew up with nothing. Those who grew up with nothing have a different hunger. Some people are motivated by money. Somebody, some people are more motivated by God. You can't serve both. What's your motivation? I can't compare myself to this person and their motivation is simply to make money or their motivation is to simply use people for money or their motivation is not according to God. I can't compare myself to other people and try to do what they do. And then I begin to harbor their motivation. And now my motive in life is not for the glory of God or the advancement of his kingdom, that my motives are solely about me, that the motives for this marriage is to use my wife as a comfort zone while I sling my willing ling all throughout different cities. No, every my sole motivation should be the glory of God. And I grind accordingly. Fellas, what's your motivation? Is your motivation solely for God's glory? Because all these other men out there are motivated differently. Oh, we got the babies in the bill. Autumn, I know I can't wait for you to be a propel leader next year. I'm glad you're coming back to the school. She's a good girl, man. Proud of you. Proud of you what you did this last year. Can't wait for you to be a part of our program. And if you want to help support our mentoring program that Autumn's a part of at the elementary school that I work at, we need your help. We Education is the mentoring program that my wife and I has. And we serve my elementary school that I work at and the middle school that comes right after that, right? So if you want to support financially, we need your help. That's our nonprofit. It's a family uh, uh, um, um, organization that we have. You're welcome, Autumn. We love you. You also got to know that not everybody's motivated the same way. Not everybody's motivated the same way. Not everybody's willing to do things the right way. And you got to make sure, hey, I move differently because I'm motivated correctly. I, everybody else moving that way. Y'all want to go that route? I'm going to go this route. Y'all getting it quick? What you get easy leaves easy. You see what I'm saying? You have to understand, hey, I don't got time to be motivated like y'all. Now, why you shouldn't compare yourself to others? Because everybody practiced differently. All these things kind of go together. Not, people want to compare this to somebody else, but they don't want to work like that person. Listen, listen, listen. I really, I really do believe in spiritual disciplines and spiritual maturity. That the more spiritually disciplined you are, the more, let's break it down. You heard me say this many times before. The more spiritually aware you are, the more spiritually disciplined you become. The more spiritually disciplined you become, the more spiritually mature you become. The more spiritually mature you become, the more spiritual authority you operate in. The more spiritual authority you operate in, the more spiritual of a more spiritual assistant you be assistant, more of a spiritual assistance you become. All right. When I become more aware of who I am in Christ and more aware of this spiritual world, right? Then I become more aware of what's going on around me. You see what I'm saying? Now I know for a fact I got to make sure I do certain disciplines. Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, all these players, I guarantee they bounce a ball every day. They shoot a ball every day because in doing so, they keep themselves in rhythm. When I pray without ceasing, when I read my word and study to show myself approved, when I engage in the right kind of community, I, by default, 
You're right. Comparison leads to depression. It's real. By default, I become mature. The more mature I become, the more authority I walk in. Now my faith has been, been built up. Now I'm able to go forward in the things of God because my, I've, I'm mature in my faith and I know what's really going on. I know how to handle it. Then I become more of an assistant to God. You can, you can assist God in the process, but now you become an ambassador, a spiritual ambassador. There we go, a better word, a spiritual ambassador. Now you know how to operate and manage business on behalf of God. But not everybody practices the same. You shouldn't agree. You shouldn't compare yourself to everyone because not everybody practices the same. Not everybody works in. Now, why you shouldn't compare yourself to everyone? Because not everybody's mind is. Uh, um, why you should, shouldn't compare yourself? Because we create it differently. We obey differently. We motive. We are motivated differently. We practice differently. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. We are assisted differently. Ooh. Not everybody who got to the top was from divine support. Some people got there from, from the devil's support. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to do it like them. I want to be where they are. Have you consulted who assisted them? Do you know who assisted them to get them to the top? Do you know who played a part in them getting them? Listen, 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 listen. The devil will get you up quick. The devil don't care about maturity. He cares about immaturity. He cares about immature people doing mature things to make a mockery of the mature one who is God and the mature ones, which is his sons and daughters, right? Not everybody is, is assisted the same. I rather be divinely supported. I rather be divinely assisted to the top, no matter how slow it is. No matter how slow it is, no matter how long it is, I know the longer it takes for me to get there, the more I appreciate where I become. Not everybody says it differently. So you can't compare yourself to all these people in Hollywood, all these people everywhere else, because you don't know how they got there and what they had to do in blood to get there. Now, why you shouldn't compare yourself to others? Our minds are renewed differently. Not everybody's minds are renewed, man. I, I I I care a lot about my mind being renewed. That's right. Slow and steady wins the race, right? <clears throat> so when I know, okay, okay, even that's even in Christian circles. When I look at a brother who wants to do X, Y, and Z, and I know his he hasn't went through certain spiritual modules, you know, modules like trainings. <clears throat> I know for a fact that's going to be short lived. There's a lot of young brothers, young brothers that I that I know that I don't know that I look from afar. And I say, you know what? Their mind is not renewed enough for that. Or people are already successful and you begin to see glimpses of error. And you begin to see glimpses of issues. Their mind is not renewed in a certain area. I can look at the way they dress. I can look at the way they carry themselves. I can look at the way they carry themselves on stage when they preach. I can care, I can tell by the way they preach. I can tell by their mannerisms that their mind hasn't been renewed. You know why? Because I was once there in some of those areas. Coach never wore the deep V-necks. Coach never wore the skinny jeans, so that was never me. You know what I'm saying? You know, the type of pants I had when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying, was the wide legs. Oh, I'm glad you got the live video too, Nitsy. I'm glad you was able to join in. I was never that deep V-neck tight skinny jeans holding my pants. I was never that. That's new. You see what I'm saying? Coach still be wearing Under Armour uh, slacks and T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Coach Coach gets suited now. Coach can coach, coach, coach put on a suit now. You know what I'm saying? That's right, Pink. I told you, you could tell by so many ways that their mind is not renewed. Those people, people 
a real recognized fake, real recognized real. You see what I'm saying? A real person, a person who's really with God, a person who's really with God can recognize who ain't with him. I've been around God long enough to tell people who was once with him or who were never with him, those who was with him but kind of strayed. And I know who were the ones who are actually um, false prophets that never was with God. There's a certain things. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. You got to be a you got to be a farmer in this thing. Life is about you being a farmer, examining fruit. We are sold off of leaves, but don't don't care about the figs. We care about the leaves that cover these people. All oh, the leaves, they're successful. Look at how they are doing. They got the leaves. You see what I'm saying? They, they got the leaves. They got the clothes. They got the money. But when you pull the leaves up and you say, man, where's the fruit? Jesus, when he saw the fig tree, was like, I see leaves, but I see no fruit. Cursed from the beginning. God don't care about how leafly you look. He cares about the fruits you bear. So not everybody's mind renewed. Our minds are renewed differently. Some people's minds are, are not <clears throat> exactly. Correct. Some people, their mind, they're not allowing their minds to be renewed. And when you compare yourself to some people, how they do ministry. I used to be that way. Oh, I want to do ministry like that. I want to do ministry like that. I want to do things like that. I realize, oh, their mind's not renewed the right way. So let me stick with my mind being renewed so I can become the right person. Why you should compare yourself men and the women that love them? Because everybody's end is differently. Not everybody, but people's end is differently different <clears throat> meaning oh it's oh compare e e e their end is different you don't judge a person by where they began or where they're journeying most of the fruit is in the end if you observe you could tell that person's end is not going to be good if you observe them the, the level of their mind mental renewal if you observe their fruit in their consistency, right? When you begin to compare all these different things, you're going to be like, okay, their end. If God, if they don't allow God to intervene, their end not going to be good. I see the reason why you don't compare yourself because you don't got time to worry about uh, everybody else's creativity. You don't got time to worry about how. I don't care. I don't care how you obey God. I don't. I, don't, I ain't even worried about what motivates you. I'm not even worried about how you practice. I'm not worried about who's assisting you or not assisting you. I'm not worried about if your mind is renewed or if it's mind ruined. I don't. I'm not even worried about what your end is. I'm caring. I'm caring about how creative I am. I care about how obedient I am. I'm caring more about my motives. I'm caring about my practices. I'm caring about God assisting me. I'm caring about my own mind being renewed, and I'm caring about making sure my end is eternally, eternally, eternity is. I care about my end being eternal, being <clears throat> in eternity with God. That's what you should be caring about. You shouldn't be comparing. You should be caring about yourself. You shouldn't be comparing yourself with everyone else. You got to be comparing. Look, man, I care about my creativity, my obedience, my motivation, my practices. I care about who's assisting me. I care about uh, 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 my mind being renewed. And I'm caring about my end being amazing. That's why you should compare yourself with everybody else because everybody is creatively different. They obey different. They Their motives are different. Their practices are different. They're assisted differently. You see what I'm saying? Their, their, their mind is, is not renewed the same and their end is not sure. You see what I'm saying? That's why you cannot compare yourself with everybody else. 
because the thief of joy is comparison. When you compare yourself with everyone else, you lose joy in God's work and you. Now, that's the first acronym for time. So let's get through the others. <clears throat> what you should examine daily. Let me see which one I want to do first. All right. What you should examine daily. We talked about uh, testing your own work, examining your own life, measuring your growth. Now we're going to talk about what you need to examine daily or often to ensure that you grow. What you should examine daily or often to grow. You need to make sure you examine your engagements, who you're engaging with. Examine your engagement with God. How is my relationship with God? Are we just kind of going through the motions? Are we really engaging? Are we thriving or am I surviving in this thing? Am I, am I really, is it intimate? Is it engaging? I got to assess, man, how's my engagement with God? Also got to examine my engagement with other people. Who are these people around me? Who do I engage with mostly? What do I engage with mostly? Who and what? That's why you got to be very careful what you watch, what you listen to, and who you are around, because those are the three main things that contribute to the certain mindsets that most people have. What you watch on TV, what you listen to, who you listen to, who you have around you. You got to watch who you engage. You got to examine your engagements. Are these engagements uh, uh, elevating me? Are these uh, engagements plateauing me? Are these engagements calling me the sink? What are your engagements? Ultimately, you got to make sure your engagement with God is solid and your engagement with your family is solid. Your engagement with your accountability is solid. Everything else, you got to question. Yo, are these friends even worth being my friends? Have I outgrown them? And it's okay to outgrow people. If they're not growing with you and you outgrowing them, then it's time for you to grow into a better circle. You got to examine your engagements. Next, E, you got to examine your energy levels. I just can't be doing everything. Expect me to be effective and efficient in the things I need. It's crazy how we give 90% of our energy to worthless things and then give the leftover 10% to the things that matter. No, 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 no. I'm going to examine daily where all of my energy goes. I always do this every day. I say, okay, who gets my first energy? My wife and God, God and my wife get the first fruits of my energy. Then I begin to examine, okay, what is going to give me more? Okay, this is what you do. What am I, what the thing, okay, what I do today, what the things that I do today, I got to ask myself, what is going to take energy and what's going to give energy? No matter what things in your life is going to take energy. The goal is to make sure you do things that give you energy. Now, what gives me energy? Food, you know what I'm saying? What gives me energy? My time with God. What gives me energy is working out, playing basketball. I got to make sure I do something every day that also gives energy, even though I'm also doing things that's taking energy. And be, you got to you gotta audit those things that's taking energy. What is taking energy out of my life? Are these things that's taking energy out of my life are the things that God told me to do, but that specific thing is not required to give me or pay me back, but God's going to pay me back for taking time to invest in that? And 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 uh, what's my other point? Um, or, or are these things uh, uh, worthless? If it's worthless, I gotta say, okay, I gotta limit or cut off these different things because it's taking unnecessary energy from the right things that need energy, right? So you gotta always examine your energy levels. Am I sluggish and slow because of my habits and the people that I'm around? You gotta say, okay, what's gonna take my energy, and what's gonna give me energy? Because I need energy for tomorrow. If I keep doing things that takes energy, 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm not going to have energy to do my purpose. I'm not going to have energy to be present in my relationships. I'm not going to have the right energy because I'm allowing all these energy suckers suck the energy out of my life. You got to examine what's taking energy, what gives me energy. You see what I'm saying? Um, and, and make sure I live accordingly. That's right. Watch your vision and vocabulary, your walk with God. That's important. What else should examine? E, your education. Who is educating me? What am I educating me? Is it beneficial? Is it going to benefit me in the long run? It's crazy how many kids in college are being educated on things that's antiquated. It's crazy how many kids are being educated for four years that in the world is changing in four months. You're getting educated in four years, but the world changes every four months. So what happens is by the time you graduated, now you become no use for the new world. You got to make sure that you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to educate you so that when you navigate through life, you'll be like, okay, the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this differently. Now, the world right now is not ready for it, but the Holy Spirit always has you ahead of the curve. The Holy Spirit will always make you, give you giftings, give you insight, give you different ways. Listen, the believers should be the people running the world. Was not Daniel running the world? Was not Joseph running the world? Even though they were number two, Christians should not care about being number one. You should be caring about being number two. It's the advisors that run the world. I want to be this generation's Daniel. I want to be this generation's Joseph. I want to be able to say, I can interpret dreams. I can make sure that I give you tools and resources that will save a country 14 years from now. Only the Holy Spirit can give us that, right? So we got to be educated differently. I got to examine is this false doctrine I'm being educated by spiritually? What is educating me spiritually? What's educating me psychologically, socially, emotionally? And what am what just what's my overall education like? Am I being set up to be ahead of the curve and to benefit long term for the passing down of generational wealth? Or am I educating myself on antiquated things that ain't gonna benefit me nowhere? You also need to examine last E, your entrances as a man. I know every entrance and exit wherever I'm at. When I go into a restaurant, ladies, listen to me. Don't marry a man who don't, who don't, you don't, don't be with no man that when he walks through the door, the first thing he looks at is the menu. When I walk into a room, okay, okay, no, we're not going to sit here. We're going to sit over here. 99.9% uh, other times nothing's going to happen. I'm just not, I'm 100% ready just in case that 1% happens that day. I know my entrances. I know my exits. I know all these different things. What I mean by that, you got to know your entrances and your exits. You got to know what's coming in and what's coming out of your life. And you got to know, okay, is this demon, who's this person right here that's trying to enter my life? Nah, you know, I'm not even gonna let you in. What's this thing that's what's this thing that's trying to make me get all extra in my feelings or extra in lust or whatever? You can't even get in my life. You see what I'm saying? I gotta know my entrances, I gotta know my exits, I gotta know who's coming in, who's going out. I need to know all these different things. I gotta examine. Did I let anything in my mind today that shouldn't? Did I let anything in my heart that I shouldn't? Did I let anything in my body that I shouldn't? Did I eat something? Okay, yeah, I'm bloated, I'm extra bloated today. I can't eat that no more. Especially after my bone broth fast, I had a bunch of stuff that I just can't eat no more. It just doesn't register with my body anymore. 
But that's what you got to do. You got to know what and you got to know what enters and exits your mind, what enters and exits out of your mouth. You got to be able to say, okay, I got to examine what exits my mouth, what enters my mind, because what enters your mind comes out your mouth, comes out your hands, comes out your feet. You got to be very careful what you allow to enter you. You a sponge. You a sponge soaks up anything that's around it. And if you allow the wrong things to enter you, the wrong things are going to exit you. You got to watch what enters you because what you allow to enter you will come out of your mouth, will come out of your hands, will come out of your feet. What you need to examine daily and often to ensure that you grow. Where X marks the spot. Basically, you got to examine. The X's that marks the spot. Am I where God wants me to be? <laughs> There's certain X's in our life, not, not people, places, right? I got to say, is we ain't talking about small X. Small X's comes by leading the Holy Spirit. We're talking about big X. Is this the right church for me? Is this the right person for me? Is this the right uh, 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 city for me? Is this the right job for me? You see what I'm saying? The X must marks the spot. I got to be examining, am I where God wants me to be? If not, I'm exiting. Bye-bye. We can't get married. Peace. I'm out. Because I don't see the X. All I see is God Xing you out. But I, see, see, when people come, you'll see an X. That means they ain't supposed to be there. We're talking about the X up under your feet. Is this where I'm supposed to be? You got to examine, am I where God wants me to be? And that makes you walk through life slowly. You just can't marry anybody. You just can't have babies with anybody. You just can't work everywhere. I'm sorry. I know they have a good offer, but God cares about purpose. God knows that God knows year three of you being there and saying year one, year two is going to be great at that job. But year three, you're going to you year three, you're going to be messed up. No, God wants you to be like just saying observing. He wants you to be able to be in tune with his will so that you can always have your feet where his X marks the spot. I gotta always examine. Am I I acknowledge God? God, is this where you want me to be right now? Or okay, Holy Spirit, that's not where you want me to go. I'm gonna exit out of my schedule today. I'm gonna exit out of my itinerary today. I'm gonna exit out of my whatever because that's not where God's X spot, God's spot where he wants you to be. You also have to examine. A, you got to always examine your attitude, your attitudes, your attitudes. Gratitude is the best attitude. Every day I got to examine my attitude, man. Do I got the right attitude for this? And it's crazy how you can have the wrong attitude about something, but God out of nowhere, because your mind is renewed, you can change your attitude like that. Like sometimes with my wife, I may have the wrong attitude, but because I love the Holy Spirit because he's in me. I'll change it within three minutes because I know this is the wrong attitude. Or I may have the wrong attitude because I'm hungry. So you know what I do? I carry snacks with me so I can always be in the right state of mind. You see what I'm saying? You got to examine, do I have the right attitude? And if I'm grateful, the more grateful I am, the better the better my attitudes are wherever I'm at. But if you never examine your attitudes and you don't really care about everybody else and you don't care about how your actions make other people feel and you don't care about how you say what you say, and how you use these hands to say what you got to say and how you be all like this and how you be all like this and you don't care. How can God use you? You got to always examine your attitudes. 
daily, moment by moment, even my attitudes. I also got to um, examine my associations. Well, that goes with engagements. I got to also assess or examine my associations. Who are you associated with? You got to always say, okay, who am I with? Listen, <clears throat> I just can't be with everyone everywhere. I'm too valuable. People be like, you want to kick it? No, you, you, you're not mature enough. Why you think I always drive? Because I know I'm going to get there safely. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I know we're going to, I know, I know when I drive, we're going to get there and back safely. I don't like riding with certain people. I don't like being a passenger seat because I don't know how mature of a driver you are. It takes me one time to see you drive to let me know I ain't riding with you. But I'll take you, coach. Josh, I'll take, no, no, no. I'm driving. I'll meet you there. And I ain't going to be on time. I tell people, I ain't going to be, I'm going to be there when I get there. Let <clears throat> me get there when I get there. 90% of the things I'm on time for because they need me to be on time. But some of like y'all just want to hang out. I'll get y'all at your house chilling. I'll get there when I get there. You know, safety, safetyness, being safe is the best thing you got to be. And I just can't associate with myself with everybody because I'm too valuable to be around and to be in the hands of immature people. I can't put my life in the hands of an immature person. I can't put my values, my valuable uh, assets in the hands. That's what I'm explaining to my kids when I have them. Look, you ain't going over there. I don't trust them. No, there's just some people I just don't trust. When my niece, my, my nieces are beautiful young women. You know what I'm saying? And when they're around uncle, man, I'm observing. No, 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 no. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's where you have to make sure you examine your association. Yeah, you got it. I don't care what they call you. I don't care if they call you bougie. I know for a fact I'm safe and bougie. <laughs> I may not be bad and bougie, bougie, but I'm safe and bougie. All right, then. <laughs> what you need to examine daily or often? Your actions. Was these actions effective, meaningful, helpful? You see what I'm saying? Did these actions sometimes like even with my niece? I remember one time she I said I, I she don't like generaliz generalizations. And I said, you know what? I'm never gonna generalize around her. Period. I'm not gonna act like that around her. Uh when my wife, there's certain things she don't, I'm not gonna do it no more. That's out, done. That's done. I'm not doing it. Because I know my actions that affects it don't, it don't matter how little it is to me. To me, those things may be little to my mom, to whoever. It may be little to me, but it's big to them. Don't become so self-centered that you still do the little things because it's little to you, even though it's a big effect to somebody else. You got to chill. Yo, what you need to examine daily or often, <clears throat> that's right. You got to respect people. Um, that's why even with people that don't agree, that's why I'm like, man, when it comes to uh, uh, people's sexuality, when it comes to people's political views, when it comes to people, I'm like, why people hate so people? Why people hate people so much? It doesn't matter who I disagree with. I'm still going to show them love. You see what I'm saying? I'm still going to show them love. There was a gay man that served us. I believe he was gay. He definitely had the gay tendencies at the restaurant that me and my wife was at. And, and while we was eating, I wasn't going to be like, oh, this gay man is served. No, this gay man talked to us for a long period of time. I, I had a great conversation with him, telling me about all the different restaurants that he managed and stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? I was sitting there and showed him love, respect them. Because listen, why? Why? That doesn't mean you condone what they do, but you ain't their final judge. How do you not know? They can be gay for ninety nine point nine percent of their life, and God saves them. You cannot be so hard hearted towards people that God still may be helping. God, listen, if you don't know their end, then don't judge their now. Woo, woo, woo. 
Woo-hoo. If you don't know their end, don't judge them now. So what you do, let God do the judging and we do the loving. God do the judging and we do the loving. And then when those two things come together, you'll be surprised who you see up there. So, man, listen, <clears throat> that's why I don't care what the, what the gay people do. I don't care what the atheists do. I don't care. I still love you. The first thing you want to feel is my love, not my disagreement. You're going to find, you're going to feel my love first before you feel my disagreement. If people feel your disagreement first, then you ain't the right person to love them out of it. It's love covers them. Ooh, I'm preaching now. Love covers a multitude of sin, not disagreement and hate. Now, this doesn't mean you condone it, but who's your job to vocalize your uncondoning of something? You just love them. That's it. <clears throat> Let's keep going. You need to daily examine M, your motives. We talked about that earlier. You see what I'm saying? You got to examine your motives. Why am I even doing this? Am I doing this for God's glory? Am I doing this for the right thing? I got to also examine my money management. How can I grow? How can God use me to steward if my money management is poor? Got to always examine how am I spending my money? If you check your statements right now, if I, if you let me look at your statements, I can see your idols. I can see your insecurities. I can see your vulnerabilities just by off your bank statements. Your bank statement tells me everything about yourself. The little things that you buy. It may be a dollar ninety nine. Like for me, it used to be it used to be a bunch of two. It used to be a bunch of two dollars and thirty something cent all throughout my statements <clears throat> when I used to purchase a bunch of honey buns. You see what I'm saying? I can tell what you I can tell from your bank statements what you use to 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 bring emotional ease, what you love and what you do that nobody knows. Your bank statement tell me all that. So your money manager tell me will tell you everything about yourself and your motives will tell you everything about why until will tell you everything about why you're doing what you're doing. The next M you need to always examine is your mindset, because wherever your mind is sitting, your life will sit beside. You see what I'm saying? That's where you got to be at with your mind. Where do I want my life to sit eventually? Let me change my mind accordingly. Because if I change my mind accordingly in that direction, my life will catch up to it. The rudder of a ship turns first before the ship turns. And your mind is your rudder. When your mind turns to a certain direction, that's why many people switch their minds back. Because what happens is I've been thinking the right way for a period of time, but it doesn't. I don't see no fruit. No, 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 no. Big ships take a long time to turn, even though the rudder turned quickly. So what you do is you don't switch back to a bad thinking because you haven't saw the fruit of the right thinking. No, you change your mind first and then your life will eventually catch up to where your mind is facing. What you need to examine daily or often. I. Your intentions, that's your motives. Intentions and motives are the same thing. But the I I want to use, oh, I crossed it out. The right, the I I want to use, you got to examine your ideal development. You don't got time to waste your mind and, and waste your time watching people make their money. No matter how much I love what's going on in free agency, no matter how much I love NBA basketball, I don't. I, I haven't watched a full basketball game in probably five years. I haven't watched a full basketball game from beginning, from tip off to the dapping up at the end of the game. I haven't watched a full game. Now, what do I do? I look at five to seven minutes of uh, different clips from Undisputed, Skip and Shannon. I will look at different clips to become abreast to what's going on. What's up, Copeland? What's up, Rashawn? 
That's my brother in the building. Happy for you guys. Good to see you, bro. I got to observe my ideas. I don't got time to worry about people making money off their ideas. I got to examine my ideas. Okay, I got like, like I got to get to this book. An unfinished book can't help. An unfinished product can't help nobody. I miss you too, fam. We got to connect, bro. I'm off this whole summer. Let's 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 talk. Oh, I love Skip and Shannon, man. I love watching them. So, but I understood. Like I can't worry about what everybody else is doing. I got to worry about what I was doing because an unfinished product can't help nobody and can't help you. Most people be asking God. I said this many times before. God, man. <clears throat> God, you got a dollar? God, can I borrow 2000 God, can I borrow a million? You know how we be talking to God? God, can I have a million dollars? God be like, all right, you want a million dollars? It's a million dollar idea. God, I ain't really want no ideas, God. I want that back. God said, okay, okay, okay. you want a million dollars? I'm going to give you a million dollar idea. You, When I learned that principle a long time ago, I said, okay, if I want my finances to change, if I want my impact to change, I got to be about my father's business. I got to make these ideas itemized because these ideas in my mind can't make no money. These ideas in my mind can't help nobody. So the reason why you're not being helped and you're not useful to be helped into somebody else because you ain't examining your ideas. Get those ideas out your mind. Get those ideas on paper, off paper, in 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 uh, the marketplace. Asking God for money and God gave you a million dollar residual income, residual impact idea. I learned this principle when I started getting royalty checks from my books. I was like, what? I'm basically, <clears throat> hear me. I'm getting paid off an idea that when I sleep, it works. God, your ideas are supposed to be workers. God said, man, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great people. Like, come on, man. Stop examining somebody else's finished product, finished idea, when you got unfinished ideas in your life. What you need to examine daily and often to ensure that you grow? Needs. Ooh, you got to examine needs. <clears throat> Why do you need this? Mm-hmm. Why do you need it? See, see, needs are persuasive. You need a man. Don't you need a man? Don't you need a woman right now? Don't you need a marriage? Don't you need this money? Need leads to perversion. You, it's, it's one thing to want a husband or want a wife. Fellas, it's one thing to want money. It's, it's another, it, but to need money, to need a wife, to need promotion, Ooh, people do perverted things to get their needs met. You, it's okay to want things, but it's another thing to need things. You know, uh, right now we don't really need water. When people be like, "I'm starving," you're not starving. Cannibals are starvers. You know what I'm saying? People in countries with no food, and their baby turns into a little lamb. You see what I'm saying in their minds? That's need to perversion. You want food. You want water. You know what I'm saying? Need when if this country ever goes through whatever and people need food, people start will start eating humans. Oh, you need water? People, people will do perverted things, will kill for water, kill for food. No, 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 no. Right now, people are killing themselves, killing people met uh, metaphorically and some in real situations for their needs. Ooh, you got to examine your needs. Why do I need that? Do I really need it? Is this a perverted need? Do I need this? I need it in my life. I want it in. Nah, man. 
I got to examine my needs. If it's too much of a need, I don't need it. Last but not least, what you need to examine often or daily is your emotional stability. There's nothing more valuable than God's peace. God's peace is the greatest asset on this earth. Oh, man. Ah, man, I am so appreciative of God, man. His peace surpasses all understanding. Man, like, like when I find myself kind of anxious or if I find myself in an insecure moment, I always resort back to God and what he done for me in my past. And then all of a sudden this peace hits me and it surpasses my understanding. What does scripture mean? That I can't understand why I'm so peaceful in such dysfunction. Why am I so peaceful and my knees are still not met? Why am I so peaceful? Peace lets you know that your prayer was heard and that it is already settled. So every day I got to examine, am I emotionally stable? And why am I not emotionally stable? Because somewhere in my mind, I'm not thinking on God's goodness. If I think on the goodness of God, if I think on all the things he have done for me, if I think, if I just take the time to think about how good he's been to me just five minutes ago, your mind will shift and you'll become emotionally stable. You see what I'm saying? That's what we got to be. Now, next acronym. Well, I got I got I got all kind of points for y'all on today, especially my brothers, especially my brothers. How to grow and how to measure growth. How to grow, you got to engage with God daily. If you want to grow, you got to engage with God. G R O W. See, I got a bunch of acronyms. How to grow, engage with God. Yo God, what's up? I'm here. Let's talk. Let's let's think. Let's process. I'm here to serve. What do you need? I'm engaging with God. Engaging means I'm giving in equally. You know what I'm saying? You can't give you can't give in equally to God because our love can never match God's love. But I'm talking about I'm engaging. God, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm not just on my phone and you talking. No, no, God, I'm here. I'm alert. I'm here. We here. I'm engaging. What you need? What's up? What you need? You need me to do that? I'm intentional because I'm engaged. That's how you grow. You engage with God because you grow. People grow when they're around greater. People grow when they're around greater. And if you really want to grow, be around the greatest. If average people grow when they're around great, imagine how much growth you will have when you're around the greatest of all time. When you're around the greatest, you grow better. So why do do y'all be... I say, y'all, why do we be chasing the greats? If I could just be around that man of God, if I could just be around that woman of God, if I could just be around that business person, that business one, if I could just be around, and I would know, God's like, what's up? You called in the goat? I heard someone asking to be around the goat. (laughs) Someone asking to be around the greatest of all time? I'm here. Why do you think coach be growing? I'm around the greatest of all time. That's how I grow. These messages are supposed to get better. My anointing is supposed to be richer. You see what I'm saying? My points are supposed to be better. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm around the greatest of all time. 
I don't look to be around no other man. I appreciate my pastor and I grow when I'm around my pastor when I have conversations, but that's only once a quarter. But you know who I am once a quarter of a, a quarter of a day? I'm around the goat. If you wait for another man to grow, you will miss out on the growth that God wants to get. Stop, stop chasing after some man, chasing after some woman to be great like them when you got the greatest one in you. Oh, God of all time. Oh, you, pre you preaching now. God's the goat. He's the God of all time. Oh, I got to give you credit, credit Psalms of thought. He's the God of all time. Can I take that? Message me. I might have to give you some residuals off of that. You got to give me your name so I can give you credit for that because I'm using that wherever I go. God is the God is the goat. He's the God of all time. Woo. Ah, man. If you listen, I got to give you, I might have to give you some money for that so I can use that exclusive. Can I get exclusive rights to that? Can I get exclusive rights? No, I'm just joking. Woo, he's the God of all time. He's the goat. That's how you grow. You engage with God. Woo, y'all make sure y'all get her credit. Y'all using that now. Oh, I can take it? All right, cool. I'm using that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say that I came up with that. Because flesh and blood, the Holy Ghost gave you that. You see what I'm saying? I can't even take credit for that. I'm going to use it. But I'm going to say it was a young lady or a young man who was watching on my live feed who said that, and I'm running with it. He is working and I missed. If you really want to grow, you got to engage with the GOAT, the God of all time, the greatest of all time, a woman of God. My apologies. I, I, Psalms of thought. I ain't know if that was a brother that did poetry. I ain't know if it was a lady. You know what I'm saying? I my bad. Woman of God. Woman of God gave me this on 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 the YouTube live back in 2000. Would it be 2040 something? Yeah, the God, God is the gold God of all time. I got this from a young lady, a young woman of God back in 2019. <laughs> anyway, you gotta engage with God if you want to grow. You see what I'm saying? You can't be falling behind all these people just to become great. When you got the greatest on the inside of you. Now, how to grow? You got to guard yourself. People, people who grow guard themselves. People who are people, listen, people who grow guard themselves. Listen, I just can't hang out with you. We talked about this earlier. I just can't be around you. I got to guard myself. Oh, Poet Extreme. What's up, Poet Extreme? He's moving in you. He's moving in you. I'm proud of your daughter. I'm not daughter, sister. Lord, I'm over here talking like some of these pastors. I'm proud of you, sister. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you got to guard yourself. Gird yourself. Guard yourself. Gird yourself means you got to prepare yourself. Gird yourself. I'm getting myself ready. That's how I grow. And I got to guard myself. Also, I got to get rid. If I want to grow in life, I want to grow in the things of God, I want to grow in my purpose, I just want to grow, period. I got to get rid of certain people and things. Not only do I need to engage with God, not only do I need to guard myself and gird myself, I also got to get rid of certain things if I want to grow. You got to let certain people grow if you want. You got to let some people go if you want to grow. Let it, let them go so you can grow. Let them go so you can grow. All right. And also, you got to grade yourself. Grade yourself means how well did I do today? Do I do I give myself an A? Do I give myself a B? Do I give myself a C? Do I give myself a D? Do I give myself an F? 
You see what I'm saying? I got to grade myself in order to see if I'm if I'm growing. Next, how to grow yourself are I got to stop I got to establish solid and sustaining routines. I got to surround myself with routines that ensure that I have real growth. We're not talking about growing and bad things. We're talking about real growth, pure growth, a godly growth. I got to surround myself with routines that ensure that I grow. Routines, working out, eating right, the right kind of community, confession, um, uh, reading and praying, um, uh, 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 taking time, maybe an hour and a half, two hours out of my day, uh, working on my craft. I got to have... Um, uh, oh, y'all just y'all talking. That's right. You got to watch out for those knees um, um, and just making sure that, I, that I'm getting real growth. You got to establish solid and sustaining routines that ensure you grow. Next, oh, you got to obey immediately. On the opposite side of obedience is growth. If God tells you to do something, he's stretching your faith. Sometimes God just have you do stuff. They ain't really got nothing to do with purpose. It's just growing your response time. God just may be like, just make a left. And it wasn't going to be no accident to the right. He just wants to make sure your obedience is, is response. Your obedience response time is quick. So there's going to be a bunch of little stuff that ain't got nothing to do with nothing that God tells you to do. Ain't got nothing to do with life or death. Don't got nothing to do with anything. He just wants you to be tuned into his voice. Obedience is the is the operation off of what off of what was spoken. You see what I'm saying? So obedience is very important, and that's what you got to do in order to grow. Okay, God, I'm obeying what's written, written and whispered. I gotta always obey what's written. What the word of God say about me? What does the word of God say about life and godliness? What does the word of God say about what well, I got to go through my Proverbs? I got to go through my Gospels. I got to go through my epistles. I got to, what does the word of God say so I can obey that? <clears throat> because if I obey that, I grow. Also, I got to obey what's been whispered. God, you tell me to do that? I'm on it. I don't care. I don't care if it's in. I don't care. See, the problem with us, we don't like being inconvenienced. And if you don't like being inconvenienced, then you ain't really trying to grow. Growth requires inconvenience. If you're looking for convenience, you ain't going to be of use to God. You got to be ready to be inconvenienced because God's going to inconvenience you. But if you love God and love being right, you don't care if it's inconvenience, inconveniencing or whatever, you're going to go. Let's keep going. How to grow? You got to capitalize on our opportunities. If I want to grow, I got to capitalize. See, growth happens when you are aware. If you change your self-awareness and you change your surrounding awareness, then you will begin to see opportunities of growth. Okay, I know this co-worker gets on my nerves, but this is an opportunity God I see is giving me. I'm going to capitalize on an opportunity of just being nice. <laughs> I'm going to capitalize on an opportunity of just being genuine. I'm going to capitalize on an opportunity by being generous. I'm just, Because I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm open. Now I see, okay, I'm going to capitalize on this opportunity. That's how you grow. Next way you grow, how to grow. W. Watch and pray. The Bible says, watch and pray lest you too fall into temptation. I mean, if I want to grow, I got to be watchful. You just can't be, you can't be a wanderer. You got to be a watcher. You just can't be wandering and doing all this. You got to watch and pray. Because if you don't watch and pray, something, the thing that's watching you, you will become its prey. You see what I'm saying? I got to always watch and pray. Because many of us, the reason why we're not where we are, we become our watchers pray. You see what I'm saying? Also, how to grow, you got to put some work in it. If you really want to grow, you got to work. Work ethic is better than just having talent. You got to work. Now, how to measure your growth, and I'm out your way. I've been going an hour and 30.
But thank you guys so much for rocking with me. I really appreciate it. How to measure your growth? Clear your mind. Measure. M-E-A-S-U-R. Measure. How to measure your growth? You got to clear your mind. You can't measure your growth. Be a watchman or a watchman. That's right. You got to be a watchman and a watchwoman. That's right. How to measure growth? It's going to be hard to measure growth if your mind is not clear. You got to clear your mind and mind your life. Ooh. In order to measure growth, to be able to measure it, if, am I growing? You got to make sure there's no clutter here. You got to be clear, Matt, because how can you measure growth if your mind is all over the place? And how can you measure growth if you're not mining your life? Mining means I'm digging my mind. I'm digging into my life. I'm digging in. <clears throat> I ain't worrying about nobody else's life. I ain't keeping up with the Kardashians or the Joneses. I don't care about the hip-hop or the basketball wives. I don't care about free agency. I don't care about what this pastor doing. I don't care about sneakers and preachers. I don't care about nothing. I'm mining my own life. That's right. Stay in your lane. I got to stay in my lane. Shout out to LeVar Ball. You see what I'm saying? I got to I got to clear my mind so I can measure my growth and I got to make sure I mine my life, that I find the gold that's within it. Now, how else do you measure your life? Um, oh, how do I measure my, make sure I measure growth in my life? I got to establish expectations. How can I measure growth if I'm, if I'm not expecting nothing from myself? I'm always expecting something from someone else. I'm always expecting you to do this. I'm expecting, but I got no expectations of me. I got to have expectations of myself so I can measure growth. I got to have goals is what I'm trying to say. I got to establish expectations, goals. This is, this is what's expected of me as a husband every day. This is what's expected of me as a man of God every day. This is what's expected of me as an uncle, a brother, or a coach. This is what's expected from me. So I meet those expectations. And when I meet them, I can measure growth to see, okay, do I need to set a higher expectation? Or if I don't meet the expectation, what did I do to it? What did I allow in my life that did not allow me to meet the expectations that is required of me biblically as a husband, as a brother, as an uncle? As a, as a coach, as a minister. See what I'm saying? I got to establish expectations so I can, I can measure my growth off of because I know the bare minimum of what's expected of me no matter where I am as a man. <clears throat> How else do I measure growth? How, what sets me up to measure growth? A clear mind and mining my own life. What sets me up to measure my growth is to establish expectations. A, next, I got to ask around got to ask around. But you only ask who God surrounds you with. Ask around, man. Like, do you see growth in my life? We're talking about key people, not everybody. Key people that, that got a mature mind who's able to assess. Uh, am I, um, am I, am, am, am I growing? Well, I'm going to ask around. I, I got a weakness in this area. So I'm going to ask, are you able to hold me accountable in this area? You ask around. That's how you establish growth question in regards to examining associates is it possible to keep friends around you that want to see your growth but not are not believers you gotta you gotta be careful with that there are certain um there are certain non-believers that are more useful than believers unfortunately for some certain situations sometimes a seasoned sinner is better than a babe in Christ. <laughs> I'm just joking I'm, I don't mean that but what I'm saying is 
So there's certain people who are not saved, but have certain business management skills, money management skills, who are good, whatever. They are only able to assist in a certain area to make you grow. Right. But if they're if we talk about spiritual things, you want to only want to surround yourself with spiritual people who are mature enough to see the spiritual realm and to be able to see the spiritual fruits and the spiritual things that are affecting your life and growth. Right. But there are certain people who are not believers that may be real good accountants. God ain't out there saying you have to have a a Christian account because some Christians in certain professions are, are, are not are not uh, don't have the right character. They may be morally sound, but they're not character sound. There's two types of people. There are people who got strong character and strong morals exclusively. There are some sinners who get who smoke, drink, sleep around, maybe gay or whatever, whatever, they, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they got character, though. You see what I'm saying? They 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 don't cheat you of your money. There's some Christians out there that got all the morals. They don't drink. They don't sleep around. They don't do nothing, but they got bad integrity. They got a bad name. They don't do stuff right. So everything is about having the balance of the two. And some people you use exclusively, but spiritually mature people are pretty much sound in a lot of areas, not every area, but sound in a lot of areas because money might not be uh, um, uh, finances might be not, they may know how to money manage, but they may not be financially investment astute. Like they know all about investment stuff. You see what I'm saying? All right, let's keep going. <clears throat> ask around. Am I growing? Sometimes the best way to measure growth is to ask around. Am I growing? Do you see growth in my life? Do you see anything in my life that may be hindering growth, right? How to, what to do to ensure you measure growth? Intentionally steward S. Sometimes you gotta say, okay, this month I'm gonna do this with my money, and then measure the growth of your life. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna increase my generosity. You see what I'm saying? Like my wife and I, we give 12, 13, 14. Well, I give 12, 13 percent. You see what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't even care about what the tenth is. That's cool. If if that's an old uh, doctrine, if that's an old whatever, or if it's beneficial for the new believer, where whatever it is, whatever your belief is on tithing, I know I'm giving more than that. You see what I'm saying? Whether 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 tithing is not biblical or tithing is biblical in this life, in my life, I'm gonna give more than what was required. So, so I don't care. So people be asking me, what do you believe? I don't, I don't even really care about what I believe on that. I know for a fact I'm going to give more than that because God's been that good to me. I'm not sitting there saying, don't take this as doctrine. You go and study that thing on you and God. But what I'm saying is if I practice through my money and I'm more generous in this month and I'm more, uh, um, I, I was, I'm more wise with it, then that helps me grow because I'm now saying, wow, these, these stewardship points with my money is helping me grow financially. These, these stewardship points in my marriage is really making my marriage grow. So stewardship helps you measure growth because if you make a decision, okay, I'm not like for me, I'm not going to eat certain things anymore or for this time period. And then when I see that, wow, that's right. God deserves it all. So if God asked me for 90%, here you go, God. If God asked me for the whole check, here you go, God. Because I know for a fact that money is not is not what is not rooting me. You see what I'm saying? I know I'm rooted and connected to the one who owns a cattle on a thousand. Not only does God own the cattle, he owns the fields by which the cattle eat from. Not only does God own, own the idea, he owns the idea that, that, that the idea eats from. So no matter what, God can get that bag to me. So if God wants it all, here you go. So that's why I say, God, I don't care what tithing is. I'm going to give 12 and 
And my goal, I told my wife, my goal is for us to live off of 10 percent. That's what that's my mindset of generosity. You see what I'm saying? Slim Rev is preaching on today. You see what I'm saying? That's what we got to do. I want to get to a place where I say, God, I've been so stewarded of my money that I can give 90% anytime at any moment. I can give the whole thing because, because there's a law in giving. They say there's a law in generosity and from the right heart. But imagine if you implemented certain stewardship just for a season, just to observe, did this, did this, did this help or hinder me? Anything you steward well will help you handsomely. Fellas, ladies who love them, how to measure growth or to ensure or what, what measurements to add into your life to measure growth? You got to intentionally, you measure, M-E-A-S-U. You got to measure your understanding. Okay, before I get married, do I truly understand marriage? Before I start this ministry, as a man, do I truly understand ministry? Because your level of understanding of a thing will determine the grow your growth with that thing. You see what I'm saying? If I measure, if I if I say, you know what? Okay, do I? I don't enter any. Don't get up under anything you don't understand. Don't stand under anything you don't understand. It's because it, that's like me. If I can't lift 500 pounds, the thing is, understanding is not being able to lift it one time. Understanding means I can hold this above me. All the days of my life, because I, I got the strength to understand that I, I, I understand this thing enough to stand up under it without fear. You see what I'm saying? That's understanding. So the more I increase my understanding, the better way I can increase my growth and my understanding will help me measure my growth. Oh, that's why my marriage has it. What yet yeah, last week was kind of all over the place. Okay, God, thank you for that understanding. Oh, my money was funny these last three months. Oh, it's not laughing anymore because I understand money now. My, I don't like, I don't want money being funny with me. I don't like money cracking jokes on me. Uh, I don't like funny stuff like that. So what I do is I change my understanding so those things won't make jokes of me later. See what I'm saying? So when I increase my understanding of money, my understanding of marriage, my understanding of ministry, then I can then measure my growth. If I increase my understanding, I can increase my growth. If I increase my understanding, I can increase my growth. You see what I'm saying? Next, what measurements to use to help you measure your growth? Uh, you got to release all toxicity. Release it. It's hard for you to grow. If you still gripped by what happened to you last year, what happened to happen to you when you was eight? Or you, how can you grow if you're still gripping things you should let go? The greatest measurement that you can use, the greatest tool you can use to set you free is forgiveness. I love the word forgive. If you break the word forgive down, you got four and you have give. Right. In order for me to go forward, I have to forgive. Forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself because it gives you the opportunity to go forward. I don't got time to hold on what happened to me in 96. I don't got time to hold on to what happened to me in the late 99, early 2000, the 99, the 2000s. I don't got time to hold on to what happened to me last year. If I want to go forward and if I want to grow going forward, I got to let go. I got to release the toxicity and forgive. And how 
to measure your growth? Establish your end. Your end is eternity. I wish, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to live here forever. And the next 180 years, every person that's watching me right now will be dead. And that's the reality. <clears throat> if God don't come back for another 200 years, all of us will be dead. But you know where all of us will be in 200 years? Somewhere eternally. Eternally. Eternity. Somewhere in eternity. Either you're going to be in heaven or you hell. If you want to measure growth, have your end in mind. Where am I going to end up? <laughs> I want to end up in heaven. So what do I do? I, I I am about heaven's business because no, we got to be real with ourselves. Like I'm not going to be here forever. So I take life seriously every day. That's why I give you my everything in these videos because I don't even know if I'm going to make another one. Now I know I'm going to make millions more because I got a long life and a lot of things to do for God. But I tomorrow I ain't promised though. So where am I going to end up? So if I want to end up in heaven, I give my life to Christ. I get it right, and I move forward. If I want to end up in hell, live your best life here. <laughs> if you want to live, if you want to end up in hell, live your best life here. If you want to end up in heaven, save your best life. Live a good life here, but know that your best life's up there. God doesn't mind you having a good life here. Just don't make this your best life. You see what I'm saying? If you make this your best life, you might not have a good eternity life in eternity. Life, live it for eternity. How to measure your growth? Clear your mind and mind your life. Establish your expectations. A, ask around. S, implement stewardships. U, increase your understanding. R, release all toxicity. And E, establish your end. Hope you guys was blessed by this podcast. I know I went a little bit long today, but coach is off and rested. And I have, um, um, I had a lot of points that God gave me yesterday. I want to make sure I give it to you all. I love you all. If you want to know anything about what I do, you can go to my website, Iamunplugged.com. I-A-M-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-E-D.com. If you want these shirts, love is blind. Love is not blind. Infatuation is. Someone told me they saw um, that I don't talk about my shirts much. Up on this YouTube video, I got a Teespring. I have a bunch of shirts there. You can get your shirt right now. Love is not blind. Infatuation is. Oh, my story, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, books and card games, IamUnplugged.com. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, IamUnplugged.com. If you want to give the support, what I do here and what my wife and I do with our mentoring program, and you already saw Autumn. Autumn, she's a good girl. She's watching these videos, and she's already ready to be. That's right. Let me make sure I show that. Yeah. And she's already... Um, Excited about our mentoring program. We need your help. It takes money to make sure we have food, snacks, uh, uh, um, items to help support them because we, we we serve students that may not have much. And uh, we want to make sure we make this program uh, beneficial. We need books, curriculums, and all these tools for them. Uh, we wasn't able. We didn't have enough money last time to go on a field trip. So we want to take them on a field trip this year. And also, we have to go into a middle school. Um, for the last three years, we've been doing this mentoring program. If you want to learn more about what my wife and I do with the mentoring program, go to weprepel.education. It's on my website, imunplugged.com as well. But what we did for the last three years, we had a mentoring program. Our first year, we had 37 kids. The second year, we had 43. This year, we have 45. So 45 plus 43 plus 37, that's over 100 kids. Well, some of those kids were the same, so close to 100, if not more. <clears throat> 
where I located coach. I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, um, so with these kids, man, they're all this, the last year, this past year, all three of those grades are in middle school. So we got kids that are in eighth grade, seventh grade, sixth grade. It was all a part of our mentoring program in fifth and fourth grade. So now the school is like, we need y'all to come here because the kids has been asking for it, but and you need financial support for that. And we're contributing a lot of it. We do our best, um, um, but we, we also invest in a lot of other th- different things, but we will love your help. We prepare that education. Um, what else? Books, card games, mentoring program. Uh, just donate. If this was a blessing to you, you just want to give, that's cool. Um, uh, all that stuff's on my website, imunplugged.com, one-on-one coaching. You got to do what you can. Do what you can. Any Everything helps. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And um, slots are filling up for July. July's getting full. I haven't looked at my email in the last two hours, three hours. So y'all, listen, contact me if you want that one-on-one coaching so we can get going, so we can get you guys set up. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Thank you guys so much for, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you so welcome. I'm glad it was a blessing. Rashawn, hit me up, bro. We'd love to catch up with you and your family. Um, y'all be blessed. I'll see you guys next time. Tomorrow, I may be doing a video on self-worth. Wednesday, what should I do? Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have our, uh, we'll have our, uh, dating prep, uh, purpose, the purpose of freedom, soul ties and strongholds. We'll be back on that podcast. Love you guys. Subscribe. Hit the bell. See y'all next time. Peace.